Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Mindong. I'm Matt Giglio. 37 days until the 2020 uh, season begins. Yeah, approaching five weeks left until the, uh, the college basketball season. I'm pumped. Yeah, I mean, time is really flying by. I feel like it was just 50 days, like a couple days ago. But no, there's only 37 days left. And like you said, just a little over five weeks left. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot has been going on. And this season's going to really fly. And it's going to come as soon as you know it. So uh, we're really excited to just keep continuing with the conference previews today. And today's will not disappoint. It is the Sun Belt Conference. And this one's going to be a very interesting one. It was a very hard one to predict, but we're definitely going to talk about that after a couple pieces of our breaking news. Yeah, not much breaking news today. Um, let's just get right to it. Our first of two pieces, Wake Forest's Davian Williamson has received the waiver for the upcoming season. He's a transfer from East Tennessee State, obviously following his coach, Steve Forbes. Averaged 10.5 points, two rebounds, and three assists this past season. Two years left of eligibility. Um, Steve Forbes obviously went to Wake Forest. Uh, Williamson then joins him. He's eligible. What do you think about this? And where do you think Wake Forest will land in this year's ACC? Yeah, I mean, I think we all saw this waiver coming. I mean, Williamson joining his coach to Wake Forest. I think somewhere, somehow he would have gotten a waiver. I know he did play in pretty much every single game and played probably 30 minutes a game. But uh, it is what it is. It's this golden golden year of waivers, I guess. And uh, I'm still surprised that some waivers have actually gotten denied this year uh, because it seems like everyone hasn't gotten a waiver so far. And I don't know what the waiver count is right now, but there's not that many waivers left to be received or denied. But uh, a couple of big names are still in that waiver uh, uh, wire. So we'll see if they get a waiver within the next five weeks or so. But away for us, uh, this is a very good uh, get with Williamson here. But I think they're still in a rebuild phase. And in Forbes' first year at Wake Forest, I don't expect it to be a good one. I just expect it to be a very long rebuild and transformation phase. Yeah, you covered it all. Um, obviously, it's good to have him play. It just makes them a lot more competitive. But I see them as one of the bottom teams in the ACC. They're going to have their ups and downs in the first year of the Steve Forbes era. Yeah, and the last piece of breaking news is Juco Prospect news. Uh, Juco Prospect Langston uh, Wilson has committed to Alabama. 6'9", power forward, currently playing at Georgia Highlands uh, Junior College. Uh, ranked just inside the top five for Juco Prospects in 2021. Obviously, will be joining Alabama in 2021. He does have one year of Juco left. Uh, we'll be joining five-star J.D. Davison and four-star Juasson Holt. So, uh, Alabama looking very strong in the class of 2021. Uh, what do you think about this recruit for Wilson? Yeah, um, very good big man out of the JUCO ranks. And Alabama, they've been doing a great job in the recruiting ranks this year, last year, and, and next year as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Uh, they got a lot of good, talented guys coming into this program, and uh, that's what this team needs. I mean, they made it to the tournament a couple of years ago, but they haven't made it since. It's a couple of years of a dry spell, but uh, – I expect this year they're going to be on fringe uh, tournament team, so we'll see if they can actually make it this year. But next year I think they're destined to make it. Uh, I think they will get some more recruits as well. So uh, I expect 2021 to be a very good year for Alabama. And who knows? I'm not going to say they can win the SEC right now because we don't really know who's going where for the SEC. But right now they are a top three team in the SEC for 2021. But that's going to obviously change. I mean, we still got a long ways to go to see who actually gets who 
uh, and the recruits for 2021. Mm -hmm. And that covers it for our breaking news today. Uh, very little. Uh, we wish we could get more, but let's get to our conference preview of the day. Uh, today's conference is the Sun Belt, obviously. Second to last conference before the heavy hitters. Yeah, I mean, the heavy hitters are going to be very interesting. I mean, we're so hyped about them. We're trying to get them on all platforms of social media, and we're trying to get the most views as we can for those ones because those ones are going to be some very uh, debatable and heavy hitter conferences. And uh, we do have one more after this, the WAC conference, and then the West Coast conference, if you want to count that or not. But uh, WAC conference, uh, it's not very competitive. Uh, we're sorry. We kind of know who's going to run that conference. I mean, they have been for the past decade. So we kind of know what's going to we kind of know what you're going to expect from that. But this Sunbelt one, you don't really know what to expect from this one this year. I think this is a very, very underrated conference. It's one of the best mid-major conferences in all of college basketball, I believe. And it's just so underappreciated. So, uh, I mean, yeah, without further ado, I think we should just kick right into it. And you know how it goes by now, player of the year, dark horse. And today we have 12 teams all the way to number one. So who is your Sunbelt uh, runner-up player of the year? Um, I have Justin Forrest of Appalachians, Appalachian State. Um, he seems to, like the biggest challenger to our player of the year. 17.5 points, three rebounds, three assists, one and a half steals. And those numbers are only going to inflate since half of, half of their rotation is gone. Yeah, I mean, before we started this episode, uh, you asked me if this was my player of the year. I said yes. And you go, oh, I'm going to pick someone else then as your player of the year. I, I guess you meant runner-up, but I didn't know where you are going with that. But uh, would you like to explain yourself? Yeah. Um, I had a little mix-up. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I just valued a lot more uh, team success. And, obviously, I would run it up. They see his team is, I mean, our player of the year, he's definitely going to be part of a successful team. Yeah, definitely. And that player is Marquise Norwell at a Little Rock. Uh, I think this is a very easy decision here. Uh, he was on a tear last season at the Sun Belt. Average 17 points a game, three runs a game, five assists per game, and two steals per game this past season. Uh, he led Little Rock, Little Rock to the regular season title, obviously, before their conference uh, championship and tournament was cut short. Uh, although Norwell did not win player of the year last year, he was an all-conference player on the first team, and he's just looking to take another step in his game and just looking to take Little Rock to another regular season and conference championship. So uh, I expect Norwell to produce a very good stat line once again this year. He does have a very good supporting cast, and, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with his points. I mean, there's a lot of good scoring options on that Little Rock team. We're definitely going to talk about them later in the episode. But uh, Norwell, definitely the player of the year here. I think it's no questions and no ifs or buts. Mm -hmm. Dark horse. Um, for my dark horse, I have a very risky dark horse. I have Troy here. They're a very, very young team. Um, just a great core they have. And they have a proven coach in Scott Cross. Uh, more of them later. Many underclassmen on that roster and another solid recruiting class. I expect another huge leap forward and maybe even a berth real soon. Yeah, I got another very risky dark horse, if you want to call it that. And I got Louisiana here. Uh, yes, this team does lose two, two starters, but the good news is uh, pretty much everyone else returns. And uh, they do return their second and third options in Russell and Wilson. And hopefully one of their starters last year, uh, Julian, uh, he, did, he only played uh, half the season or less than half the season. He did suffer a right knee injury and was out for the rest of the season. Uh, he's looking to come back and be another starter once again. 
Uh, he was averaging double-digit figures and a lot of minutes per game before he actually got injured. And uh, another lethal player on this team is Wilson. Uh, Wilson did win freshman of the year last year for the Sun Belt Conference. So uh, I think both of those guys now have experience under the belt. Uh, Julian was also a freshman as well before he got injured. So uh, I think this Louisiana team is a very underrated one. But I do have them a little low in my rankings. But I think the sky's the limit for this team. And if they can build some chemistry together, I think this team can be a very good one, regardless of losing their top option. Mm -hmm. And now um, 12 to 1, obviously. Uh, the middle of the pack here, I think from 5 to 10, that was literally impossible for me to rank. I just had to, like, go through some praying and just, just hopefully I get it right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this this conference was very, very hard to predict. I mean, no, we knew who the bottom team was, but after that, we didn't really know who to put where. I mean, the bottom and top teams, I think, are the only similarities we have. There might be one or two more in the mix, but uh, other than that, I think it's just all over the place. So I'm excited to talk about it, and there's a lot of differences here, and that's just the beauty of these rankings. And this one especially, a lot of differences. I mean, we've had some similarity episodes for the past couple ones, but now a big difference episode here in the Sun Belt. Uh, that's definitely what we like to see. Mm -hmm. uh, starting off at number 12, I have Louisiana Monroe here. Um, this team struggled mightily on the offensive side, scored 63 points a game, which was 18th to last in the nation. And that does not help the cause when top, their top two of three scores are leaving. Um, this could possibly be a long year for them. Yeah, I do have Louisiana Monroe here as well. Uh, this team does not really gain anything in the positive direction. Uh, the one thing they do gain is obviously their transfer in Ozier, who's coming from Sacred Heart. Uh, this team does lose four starters, and they do have zero double-digit scores returning on this team. So I think it's a recipe of a rebuild for this Louisiana Monroe team. And although Ozier's coming in, that's great. I just don't think the supporting cast is there, and the rotation pieces are just not there for this team this year. So... It's going to be another low finish for this Louisiana Monroe team. So that is why I have them at number 12 as well. Mm -hmm. um, number 11, I have Arkansas State here. Um, three guys graduating and another transferring. Um, there's going to be some guys in the rotation that are very unexperienced and young. And although they do have a rising star in fields, that cast just isn't there to compete. Yeah, uh, we do have a difference here. Uh, I do have Troy here at number 11. You might be thinking this is very low for them, but I just don't know about this team this year. Uh, I think it's a very interesting story, don't get me wrong. Honestly, tied for last in the conference with five conference wins, along with Louisiana Monroe. But uh, they do lose their top two options, and they do bring back Williams, who will hope to reemerge re as a top option. He is coming back from injury. And they do have a very young core as well. I think this year will not be the best for this Troy team once again. And in the future, don't get me wrong, this team's going to be a very good one in the future. But as of right now for this year, I don't think they're going to crack outside the bottom three. So that is why I have them at number 11. Mm -hmm. um, number 10, another one of our several differences. I feel like I think we had like nine out of 12 differences. So that's, that's unbelievable. That's probably the most we've had ever doing these conference previews. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually eight, but uh, it seems like there's so many more than that. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely the most differential conference. And all in all, I think it's a very strong one. I mean, these teams at the bottom, uh, don't get me wrong, they're still very good teams. Like Troy, I have Troy very low, but Troy's a pretty good team, regardless of their inexperience and stuff like that. And same with Arkansas State, who I have any, uh, I'm going to talk about in a minute. But, uh, 
yeah, I think the talent in this conference is very good for a mid-major conference. So I'm, I'm just really excited and just hopeful to see the Sun Belt conference play out because I, I think there can be a ton of upsets this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Like you said, all these teams are tough outs no matter what. So um, number 10, I have Louisiana here. Um, they lose Jalen Johnson to the transfer portal but returned their second and third options. Um, they were also one of the worst defensive teams in the conference, and the supporting cast will have to step it up more along with playing better on the defensive end. Yeah, uh, Louisiana is obviously my dark horse, so I'll talk about them later. Uh, like I said, I do have Arkansas State here at number 10. This team will remain around the same spot as they did last year. They do lose three stars for the upcoming season, but they, they, they return their top two options and Eaton Fields. Uh, those two guys are very good players, but uh, – there's a little to no supporting cast for this Arkansas State team alongside those two. So I think if they can get something uh, churning from the other players on that rotation, they could jump out of the bottom three. But I just think they will be in the bottom three regardless of bringing back uh, two of the best scores in the Sun Belt Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine, I have UT Arlington here. Um, remember I, I mentioned Scott Cross and my dark horse for Troy. Well, yeah, um, he was he was UT Arlington's coach two years ago. He was probably the best coach in their school's history, and they, they fired him after a 21-win season, and I feel like that will come back to haunt them. Uh, they were a middle-of-the-pack team, and I expect them for uh, to drop off a lot more. And although Azor, who is a, a all-conference player potentially, returns, the, the rest of the rotation is a mystery. Yes, I do agree with that. I do have UT Arlington here as well, number nine. Uh, they finished middle of the pack last year. I expect them to take a small step back in their rank. Uh, they do lose three stars. But like you said, they do return the top option in Azor. Supporting cast, like you also said, that's little to none there. And uh, similar situation with Arkansas State. If they can find something, maybe they can crack outside the bottom five. But uh, I just don't think they're going to, besides Azor, the scoring at least. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this U-Toronto team has been a middle of the pack team in the Sun Belt for the past couple of years. I think they'll drop and be a bottom five team, but they're still around that bottom middle of the pack uh, for me. So that is why I also have them here at number nine. Number eight, uh, I have Coastal at number eight. Um, Jones, he's, he's a definite all-conference player in my opinion. And Dibba potentially too if he can remain healthy. Um, they lose a significant amount of scoring. And, again, just like UT Arlington, they got to figure out their rotation. Yeah, uh, I do have uh, Louisiana here at number eight, my dark horse, obviously. Uh, I'm just really excited to watch this team play. I mean, I know they did lose out on their top option in Johnson, like you said, but uh, I, think, I think this team can still be a pretty decent one regardless of losing their top option. Russell obviously has to step up, and then Wilson and Julian also have to step up. So I'm excited to see if they can actually step up. I'm honestly not too sure if Julian's playing this year. I just know he got injured this past season, a season-ending injury. But I expect him to be playing. I don't really know if he's actually going to play or not. But if he does play, I think this Louisiana team can be a pretty solid one and a very low-tier dark horse for me. Mm -hmm. I have my dark horse one spot above you at number seven right now. Um, It's Troy, obviously. Um, Like I said, just a very young team. I feel like their inexperiences will get the best of them, but nonetheless, they will be a tough out in the Sun Belt. Yeah, and a flip-flop with you for Coastal Carolina. I do have them at number seven for me. Uh, they do lose three starters here, but I think it's it's just a huge loss for them because they could have been a pretty decent team if they returned most of their rotation. But uh, 
the good news is those those three guys, the three starters, the aliens were going to lose. Uh, they do return the top option, Jones. Uh, he's going to have another very good year. I think he could potentially be an all-conference first-team player. And the good news also is they returned Diva back. Uh, he also did suffer a knee injury, something about knee injuries in the uh, Sunbelt Conference season-ending ones. I don't know. Might just be a coincidence there. But uh, Diva also suffered a season-ending knee injury as well. Uh, before that, he was a very good player. He was averaging, I think, 28 or 29 minutes a game in his six games played. But uh, if he comes back, he's just another starter on that team. So I have Coast Carolina here at number seven. Could be a little bit higher, could be a little bit lower. It all depends on what happens with Deba and obviously Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, approaching the top half now, number six, I have Georgia Southern here. Um, they're going to have a huge roster turnaround as a coach change happened. Um, Texas Tech assistant coach Brian Borg is now at the, the realm, and he has bought in a very good amount of transfers who are also talented. Um, kind of hard to rank them at the moment um, because of this, but I, I think they'll be an average team in his first year. Yeah, I mean, another similarity here. Uh, this is one of the last ones we have. I do have Georgia Southern here as well, number six. Uh, this team's always been atop or around the top of the Sunbelt Conference for the past couple of years. Uh, this year, they do lose four starters and a few role players as well. A new top option emerges in McCaden, and uh, I think this team just brings in a ton of new transfers. Some of those transfers are pretty high major transfers coming in, but I'm honestly not too sure about their eligibilities. Uh, there's at least five or six of them coming in. Some of them are high major, some of them are not. But uh, regardless, like you said, Coach Brian Berg's first year here, I think it should be a pretty successful one for them. I mean, he obviously had a very terrific assistant coaching career at Texas Tech. And you know the story from that. They basically made it to the championship and then just had a heartbreaking loss in that one. But uh, his first year in Georgia Southern, I think it should be a very good one. Uh, I expect him to be one of the best coaches in the conference within the next couple of years. So uh, Georgia Southern here at six is definitely going to be one of the lowest ones in a while. I think they will be back up toward the top five or four and a couple of years from now. Mm-hmm. Approaching the top five, I have Texas Tech here at my number five spot. Um, very interesting team. Very interesting situation here. Um, a month ago, I would have had them in my top three. But uh, sadly, Coach Danny Kaspar resigned amid an investigation uh, due to some racism reported. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty here. They have named an interim coach who was their assistant coach. And as of right now, no one's transferred. But if some do, their, their season could collapse in a hurry. But I believe that if, if, they, if the team sticks what they have right now, uh, they're definitely a top five and even top three team. Yeah, and Texas State, they were tied for second in the conference for the regular season last year. So uh, I expect them to be another top five finish. I do have them one spot higher, so I'll talk about them later. Uh, you might be wondering who I have at number five. I do have South Alabama here at number five. I understand this might be a little too low, but I just have a weird expectation that this team is going to finish number five. Uh, this team is obviously a very anticipated and hyped up team. Had the finishing tied for second last year as well with Texas State. And they made some very good offseason moves, obviously getting Flowers from Western Michigan and Lewis from Iowa State just to name a couple. Uh, those two transfers are very huge, and the, they also got a couple of loans as well. Uh, obviously, Flowers is going to be a very impactful player in his first year at the Sun Belt. But to be honest, I think this team's a little too overhyped. Uh, they do lose all five starters, and I still think they're a top-five team, but I think they're nowhere near number one right now. So that is why I have them at number five. You might be looking at me like I'm crazy because I know you have them a little bit higher, 
But I just think that this team is a top five team, but I don't think they're anywhere near where they uh, are supposed to be as of right now for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very, yeah, it's very interesting decision here putting them at, at number five. But uh, let's move on to number four. Um, I have Appalachian State here. Um, they're currently the team outside looking in. They return, obviously, Forrest, who is an all-conference player. But they graduate a ton of rotation players. And for a program that doesn't go that deep into their bench, this could be problematic long term. Yeah, and I do have Appalachian State once by higher than you as well. Uh, so I do have Texas State here, like I said earlier, number four. This team's been a pretty dominant one in the Sun Belt as well for the past couple of years. Uh, they do lose two stars on this, rota- on this rotation, but the rest do return. Uh, lots of scoring here was lost due to the departure of player of the year, Pearson. Uh, he was a very dominant player at Texas State, and that's why they were just so good this past season. I think he averaged 19 points a game, if I'm not mistaken. That's just absurd and magnificent. But uh, he's gone now, so they're going to need some new guys to step up and emerge as some scoring options. They definitely have the pieces to do so. So I think they are definitely still a top-five team. But uh, who that's going to be for the scoring options, I'm not too sure. I mean, it's obviously going to figure itself out when the season actually begins. So Texas State do lose out in a lot of scoring here, but I definitely think they can make it up with the guys in this rotation next year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if they don't transfer out. Um, that's what I'm scared about for this for this program here. There's just a lot of uncertainty. Um, approaching the top three, I have Georgia State here. Um, this is the first team in what I think is a three-headed race. Um, losing just two rotation guys from a second-place team last year, this team is definitely complete. They're one of the best two-way teams in the conference and they have the pieces to win the, the conference. Yeah, I do have Georgia State at number two, so I'll honestly talk about them in a minute. Uh, I do have Appalachian State here at number three, like I said earlier. Uh, this is a very high tier and expected dark horse. They're looking to make a jump for this season, and I definitely think uh, they have the pieces to do so. Uh, they do lose two stars and a few role players as well. The top option in force returns, like you said earlier. Uh, he's definitely a magnificent player, uh, one of the best in the conference for this upcoming season. So the question now is, is there a supporting cast? Personally, I think there is. So that is why I have them at number three. I think they're definitely a top five team. I definitely see them as a little bit higher on that top five. So I have them at number three. Uh, but alongside Forrest, I think they need some guys to score. I know they have the guys that they're able to. I just don't know if and when they will. So a very skeptical number three here for me at, with Appalachian State. But with Forrest on your team, I think you're definitely a top five team, regardless of who else is on your roster. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have South Alabama here. Um, you say this team is overhyped, but I believe that this is the best mid-major team that nobody knows about. Um, this team is definitely this team definitely has a low floor, but a wicked high ceiling. So I'm taking the ceiling for this team. But three talented transfers in Lewis from Iowa State, Flowers from Western Michigan, and Howard Washington from Syracuse, another name that you didn't uh, mention and a massive recruiting class. I'm taking the ceiling all day for this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what the South Alabama team can do. Uh, maybe they can show me that I'm wrong, prove me that I'm wrong. Definitely think they have a chance to. I'm definitely not saying they're still in the top five. I definitely believe that. Maybe even the top three for me. But uh, I, I just think – I just have a strong hunch that the experience in chemistry will not be there. So I got them in the top five, obviously. But top three might be a little bit of a stretch for me. Uh, my number two, I do have Georgia State. This is a pretty simple one here, uh, alongside South Alabama for you, obviously. But uh, I think that Georgia State's a legit contender in the Sun Belt, like you said earlier. Uh, they just lose one starter and their seventh man on this rotation. 
do return the top three options and Williams, Allen, and Roberts. Uh, Williams definitely another candidate for player of the year. We have not talked about it yet. I think he averaged about 14 points a game this past season. And, I mean, all three of those guys are very high-quality scorers in all the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, so I just think the Georgia State team is going to be another very good one for this upcoming season. They got the pieces to be a very successful team. And I just think they're a little bit uh, ways away from that number one spot. I think it's very doable to be a number one team in the Sun Belt this year. But going against this team who's number one, it might be a little bit of a stretch. But we're going to have to wait and see what happens when the season actually begins. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, obviously, Little Rock. Um, Little Rock won it all last year. I believe they won the tournament as well before everything got canceled. Um, so, yeah, they're built around Noel, but they have extraordinary role players like Money, Money Young and Copet Jr., who are also potentially player of the year candidates if, if Noel struggles. And this team is legit. Um, if they could get another score off the bench, uh, this team could definitely pull off an upset in March. Yeah, I definitely agree with that last statement. Uh, Little Rock, definitely the number one team once again this year. Uh, this is still the best team in the Sunbelt Conference. And although, like we said uh, a couple of episodes ago, they do lose Kamani Johnson to a transfer. He was one of their stars as well. Uh, this Little Rock team is still a very dominant one, and they have so many weapons on this team, like you said earlier, and Norwell, Monyong, and Copet Jr. So I think this team's just going to be a very good one as well. And honestly, they do lose two starters, but – they got pieces to fill into those roles, so I'm not really worried about losing two stars on this rotation. And uh, the, mo- the most thing I'm excited to see about is Mon Young. I mean, he did win player of the year last year. He was a first-team selection as well for the all-conference team. So uh, he's a very sneaky player of the year candidate. I mean, we know that Norwell is kind of the show there. I mean, he, honestly, he was the top scorer on that team. But Mon Young is a very underrated second option, and you might even consider him the first option this year. I mean, he's just another very talented player on this Little Rock team. And I could go on and on about who's on that team. So I think they're definitely the first team uh, in the Sun Belt this year. And I'm just excited to see what they can do and if they can make an upset in March because I definitely think it is a possible one. Uh, I think they'll probably be a 15 seed. I mean, that's where they are projected last year. Is that, is that correct? Mm-hmm. So it might be a little bit of a stretch for, as a 15 seed, but we've seen crazier things happen in March Madness turn, obviously. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but we're going to have to wait and see what happens in March. Mm -hmm. Um, That concludes today's episode, Sunbelt Conference. Uh, I'm definitely excited to watch that. That's probably one of the must-watch mid-major conferences. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we've had one of those must-watch mid-major conferences. Uh, The Sunbelt one is definitely one to watch. There's a ton of exciting players in this conference and a ton of exciting teams in this conference as well. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in and see – who can be that top seed and who finished right behind them because there's going to be two teams neck and neck when it's all said and done for this conference. So I'm excited to see what those two teams can be because there's a plenty, there's plenty of different teams that could be in that top two uh, when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. And obviously next episode, we'll be covering the WAC. And after that is the big hitters starting with the West coast conference. So I'm, I'm real excited for that. Yeah, I mean, we'll start the West Coast Conference probably uh, Friday or this weekend. So uh, it's almost there. you got to wait a couple more days until those heavy hitters start to begin. But uh, like we, like I said earlier, the WAC Conference, not that competitive. I mean, we know who's going to win that conference pretty pretty easily. I mean, they've won it for the past decade or so. Not decade, but like it feels like they have. But, uh, I mean, we kind of know what's going to go on with that one. But WAC Conference, 
still a very good one to talk about, and hopefully we'll have a lot more breaking news for next episode because today there was just not enough. But uh, I assume there will be some waivers probably for next episode and a couple other pieces of breaking news. But uh, it's just a waiting game for now and see what happens uh, when we actually get to the WAC Commerce Preview. Mm-hmm. And that wraps things up. Um, once again, thank you guys for always supporting us, uh, for listening, for following us. Uh, obviously, Instagram, Twitter. We now have TikTok. Yes, we do have TikTok. Uh, it's more for the memes, I guess. But who knows? I mean, TikTok videos go viral somehow. We already put one on there. I think it got like 400 views or around 400 views. I mean, we'll take the views and as long as you watch the video and just go to our social media and watch an episode, I'll be happy with it because it gets the viewer counts up and that's all we're really looking for for TikTok. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on possibly every podcast platform we can be. So there's always that option as well, probably the best option. Yeah, I mean, Anchor's got it all covered. They got all platforms on there. Just tap on it and then you're there. So uh, no, there should be no... No excuses there for not watching an episode because I think you all have the ability to, for those of you watching. And for those of you watching right now, I appreciate you for staying on because you are very true and loyal fans to this Road to Madness podcast. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that concludes things for today. Um, thank you guys for watching. Please stay safe. And it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.